0: Man, you see the energy in the locker room, man. It's, um, it's a great feeling and it's something that we're going to get used to. I know we got a bunch of playmakers and I figured at some point, one of us is going to get loose and make a play. we got to be nasty, ferocious, every word that I've thrown at you guys since OTAs. It's, um, we want to
1: build something here that's going to be remembered. Welcome back to the legendary Stayos podcast. I'm Chris. We got Jordan. What's up? What's up? And we've dug up
2: Calvin. <laughs> yeah. yay. <yeah.
0: laughs>
2: what you been up to Calvin, man? You know what man it has been crazy. I've been busy like, you know, between working, driving Uber eats at night, you know, just uh, chilling with the fam, bro. Just been busy.
1: That's good. That's good. You know, family first and work
2: and Uber Eats and then us. You gotta, you gotta know the process, man. You know, you gotta put everything in order. Yeah, it seems like you got your priorities in order. That's right. I try, sir.
1: I try. So let's set our priorities. The Chicago Bears with a victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, sir. Was that twenty-four fourteen?
0: Yes. Twenty-four-seventeen.
1: Twenty-four-seventeen. Sorry. Twenty-four-seventeen over the Seattle Seahawks. It was a great game for our defense and in my honest opinion, a rather mediocre effort by the offense.
0: Yeah. Say the least. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: What are your thoughts, Cal?
0: Like you said,
2: man, our defense looks <laughs> now don't at me, but our defense looks legendary. And I and I could be just sipping the juice, sipping the wine of the excitement of two games of ten sacks by this offense that this defense that hasn't been done in over thirty some years, but man, that front four, like if I was a safety out there, I get so many interceptions, man. Like that ball. Like, think about, think about the two quarterbacks that went up again. That are both agile running quarterbacks that can do everything, and they put the heat on Russell Wilson. I mean, legendary, bro. But uh, you know what? I, I really think that the defense has been great. You know, I know, I know. I'm kind of going a little extra with legendary, but I do think top three this year so far. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about the Mac, man. So. But, you know, the offense, I, I feel like the offense is, and you said it, it's it's average right now. But, you know, I, I'm not I'm not too down on it because I feel like it can only go up, right? It can only go up, I think, because Trubisky, yeah, not that many starts in college. And he had John Fox who was scared for him to throw the ball. So, you know, this year is a good chance for him to really get the feel. The beauty of this is, is that, Chris, he don't have to worry about that pressure of having to perform to be the best quarterback because that defense, hmm, man, that defense is, uh, is tasty. I look forward to watching the defense more than I look forward to watching the offense, man. That's that's my thought.
1: Well, Cal, you know, uh,
2: legendary is not a
1: word that we just throw around willy-nilly here at the Legendary Stay Us podcast.
2: Ha-ha. <laughs> but, man, <laughs> I'm going to tell you i'm mm. <laughs> jordan.
1: sorry jordan yes what are your thoughts <laughs> on the uh the beloved bear
0: man let me tell you something i'm right there with Cal. i need Cal to pass me whatever he's drinking i'm gonna grab there my cup go. and i'm gonna take a sip of the juice myself brother it may Drink not it. be legendary but it may get to that level from what I see. I mean, just think about the amount of pressure they put on these quarterbacks. They yeah. almost took out Aaron Rodgers. I you know, I still think we should have been 2-0, but you know, I'm 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 past week one. We gotta win. So I'm gonna focus on the positive. My thing is they're on track to break the single season sacks for a team. Like I think they're on pace for 80 sacks, which is crazy I mean if they keep up this consistent pressure obviously you know over the course of a 16 game season that's kind of difficult to do but just with the way that they're playing and keep in mind Khalil Mack is not up to speed with his health with his his conditioning. he ain't he ain't 100% Khalil Mack okay that's scary right there you got Leonard Floyd with a boxing glove on he can't even use both his hands And that man is still doing his thing. He's going to be up to speed a little bit more. You got Roquan Smith managing the middle. He's still trying to acclimate himself. But you can just tell, just see the potential oozing off of him. Danny Trevathan, Defensive Player of the Week. Congratulations to him with two sacks and, I believe, eight tackles. Man, that team, that defense is... Don't forget about Hakeem. I'm with Calvin. Calvin said it best. I look forward to when they get on the field. Yes, I was excited for the offense to see, to show what they can do. But right now it's kind of sputtering. It's kind of taking its time. And Nagy said that would happen because Trubisky is kind of just getting into this new scheme, this new system. So he has to really figure out how to and have fun instead of trying to be robotic and, and, and play with too much thinking in mind. Once he figures out how to play and just let the game come to him, this team is going to be very, very good. And so by that time, hopefully, we'll already have a great record. I think that if if Green Bay does what, it, what, what they do, they may compete for that first place with Minnesota, but don't sleep on them Bears either making it on top of this division, yes, I said it, or making it in that wild card, baby. The Bears' defense
1: is very frightening, especially when you consider – the fact that Roquan and Khalil aren't up to speed. If you watch them on the sideline Monday night, at a certain point in the third and fourth quarter, they were on the sidelines. They were sucking air. You know, they, they, they're they conditioning. Uh, anytime fitness, L.A. fitness only does so much for you. Once you get into to the actual game and playing at game speed against professionals, you know, that's that's when you start to feel a burn. So they were they were sucking air. But the defense and me and Cal discussed this in in the pregame before the pod, it's it's not like the Bears' defense wasn't already good. Khalil took them from good to excellent, because you have Akeem Hicks, you had Trevathan, you you had very capable defensive backs. I would like to see an upgrade in the cornerbacks because the cornerbacks can't catch, Mm -hmm. but you had solid linebacking, you had solid uh, Upfront play on the line, some young guys, uh, up and coming. Eddie Goldman just got his extension, his money. Uh, so these are guys who've made impacts before, and now you add the first or second best defensive player in the league, first or second best pass rusher in the league. You know, arguably some will say Aaron Donald, but it's he's he's one or two. And mm. when you see the the dominance with which he plays and what he demands. As far as a game plan from the opposition, this defense could do some things. I don't expect them to stay on the banner pace that they're on. Yeah, they have 10 sacks in the first two weeks. That's not going to keep going. Uh, you're going to get some teams that are going to game plan well against them. Uh, you're going to get some teams that's just going to catch them off guard, catch them tired. But you you might see a, a season with maybe 50, 60 sacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, you made a a few good points, man. Just to comment and go back on that cornerback uh, statement. I I do think that maybe, you know, Pace could bring in, you know, additional body. I know back a few weeks ago they were mentioning something about looking at Mike Mitchell or they brought him in for a look. I don't know uh, if that's something they want to entertain or if there's any other cornerbacks out there right now that may be good enough for us to check out. I will say this, just to give a little bit of a defense to Kyle Fuller, the last two uh, games, you've noticed that he has been scored on. But with Geronimo Ellison, he was all over him. It wasn't that he didn't have good coverage. He just needs to learn how to make sure he turns around and perhaps track the ball every now and then to get an interception. Yes, he had an interception in his hands when Aaron Rodgers threw him the ball like they were playing a game of catch. He should have caught that. But – in his defense, I will say his coverage skills are still very good. It's not like he got burned by Ellison. It's not like he got burned by Lockett, who is extremely faster. And that pass by Russell Wilson was just on the money. You couldn't have thrown it any more perfect. It was even more perfect than Aaron Rodgers' throw, you know, in the corner of the end zone. So I will say that they, they need to just continue to hone in on their skills, you know, their coverage skills. Kyle needs to – do a better job of, of being a little bit more aware of where the ball is. Cause uh Prince, he did an excellent job of reading Russell Wilson and that play, and he just broke it all up. He he saw that coming a mile away and got that interception and took it to the house. With Khalil Mack, bro, Khalil Mack is to me the best pass rusher. And I and I and I know I may be sounding biased, but I really am not because I heard earlier on 670. They were comparing Von Miller and and, and Khalil Mack. Von Miller is probably the best pure pass rusher because he has so much speed that he can attack and be in that quarterback's face within an instant. Perhaps just a click faster than Khalil Mack. But what Khalil Mack can do is not only that, but also he's better at setting the edge, making sure that that pressure or that that quarterback or running back doesn't get to the edge around the corners, you know, getting out of that pocket. He's extremely better. So, overall, Khalil Mack is a better pass rusher. I think and Aaron Donald too. plays a different position. So, I, I, I don't even put Aaron Donald. I think he's number three defensively. I don't even put him in the same conversation as those two.
2: Really? I, I don't know. I, I think he's stronger, too, uh, Khalil, man. The way how he bogarting and pushing those linemen on the corners, man. Them, them guys are scared, man. You see how many false starts they get against Khalil Mack? But see, that's that's the thing about Mac, man, is that he changes the game where he he uh, what I what I like about his game is more than the fact that yeah, he's imposing and he got a strip sack here and there. He's making other players better. This man, if I'm predicting, I think this man's gonna win MVP, especially if the Bears get to one of those spots in the playoffs. This man is elevating the play of other linemen. You don't even need more than four guys rushing, the quarterback. Whew. man Gary. that's 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 frightening <laughs> that's frightening you know you got four men rushing the quarterback everybody else just cover what else you want no but yeah I, I do think that he might be even a little bit stronger than Von Miller I don't know maybe I'm drinking the same bias juice Jordan drinking but it's tasty <laughs> It tastes good
1: <laughs> he's definitely stronger He's definitely stronger. You see more power moves from Khalil Mack than you do Von Miller. Now I don't I don't I don't know about Aaron Donald being that far off. No, he's but right there. One by
0: I gave him number three. I gave him number three.
1: By him being on the inside, he affects the game much more quickly than those other two. When you're inside and you can get to the quarterback eighteen times a year, you know, guaranteed to get to the quarterback once or twice a game. From the inside, that's something that's
2: something that that you can't find just anywhere. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, that's why they pay him. That's what that's that's why they pay the man the big bucks. I mean, yeah, that's true. He's on the inside, so he can affect it in that way. But I just like the fact that, you know, when you play against a quarterback like Russ Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers, and these guys are mobile, a guy like uh, Khalil Mack, man, Mack just disrupts everything. You can't scramble outside the pocket because he's going to collapse it. He's going to ch- – and then he had one play I remember against uh, Green, Green Bay where he was getting ready to rush, but he seen – I think it was uh, either Floyd or, uh, or Roquan Smith was already to Aaron Rodgers. He'd stepped back and then got the pick and got the interception. You know, stuff like that is just intangibles. These intangibles you can't teach. Like that's that's not strength or speed. That are natural, God given things. Those are things you just know. He got as mental. Like you, you know, he just you. That's inst- instincts. That's the word I was looking for. His instincts is just top notch to me, man. I don't, I don't know if I remember seeing a player like that in a long time, to be honest with you. And when you, t- yeah, when you talk about
1: instinct, now we're getting back into the secondary and, and Jordan made a great point about Kyle Fuller not being able to track the ball. And I'll go back to a point I I made last week. You want to be paid like the top corners. That's a, that's an instinctive skill you have to have. You have to be able to track the ball and you have to flip that field with turnovers. Yeah. The Tyler Lockett thing, that was a great throw, but you know what? If Kyle Fuller turns around and looks, that's an interception. The same thing with Geronimo Allison. if he if he does basic fundamental things as a corner, that's an interception or at least he prevents the touchdown. And you can't be a top-notch corner and be susceptible on a week in week, week out basis to getting hit for 50 yards.
2: Let me ask you, do you think do you think that cuz this is what his second of this is third year, right? Talking about uh the corner. This is third year, right? right? This is Kyle's third year. I think it's his fourth.
0: This is fourth? Yeah, I think think he's been here for a second. Yeah, yeah. I'll
2: say this, though. I wonder, I wonder. do you think because he got paid, because he got paid, that's the reason why it's so much pressure on him? I think when you –
1: any player, when you get paid to be elite, people look for you to be elite. So, yeah, money doesn't instantly change who Kyle Fuller is. Money should – the fact that he's getting paid and, and now you want to be mentioned in the same breath with Patrick Peterson. You want to be mentioned in the same breath with Rhodes, you know, with Jalen Ramsey, guys like that. You know, you want to be what yeah. Joe Hayden used to be. When you want to be a, a guy like that, you have to go and get that ball when it's right there because for all all the great coverage he offers – yeah, Kyle Fuller is always there. He gives you tight coverage. He closes the window for a quarterback. But you got to slam it shut. Because if he's making those interceptions, guess what happens? They stop throwing your way. They're going to keep throwing at him because he's not tracking the ball.
2: Yeah. And this man, and this man just had his hands up. That, that that ball wouldn't have gotten in his basket.
0: You You made a very good point, Chris, about – his 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 finances, what he got paid, and how now it's in the same breath as these top cornerbacks. Uh, but, I mean, let's just be honest. You know, of course, as as we're trying to be fair about analyzing it, even though we're, we're all Bears fans, and at the same time, Kyle Fuller is a tier below those guys. No matter if you got paid to be a top cornerback, you got paid because the Bears saw you as their top cornerback, in my opinion, and then Green Bay kind of forced you into making that decision because he would have been in, in, in green and, 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 and uh, yellow right now if the Bears didn't match. So they, they kind of forced you to pay up that money and make him into a top cornerback. Now, he's always have had the skills. I mean, you, 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 you got drafted 14th in the first round. So obviously coming out of Virginia, you were, you were touted as somebody who was supposed to be a lockdown elite type of person, type of player. But you just you just haven't seen it just yet. You haven't seen it all, come all together. You see little flashes here and there of something that he may do to affect the game. He's definitely a very good tackler. He's not a, not afraid of tackling. He's not afraid of uh, uh, when when there's like blitz packages, him coming in, you know, on the line and then rushing the quarterback. He's very good at those things and helping out on tackles. But that one on one, sometimes a, a, a good receiver, a real good receiver can make one move and he may get thrown off or he may get 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 juke and and try to play catch up. You know, so those are the things that I would say he needs to improve on. Now that you're getting you're getting paid that type of money, we need to see you make improvements in your game, just like a Jimmy Butler. You know, somebody who appreciates hard work and taking what they have and making it two times or three times better. Than what it probably should be, you know. You don't have the natural ability of a Jalen Ramsey who came in super athletic, crazy, crazy coverage skills, and you know you don't have that. You don't have the the ability of a of a of a of a, a old Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson could do it all. So you got to make yourself into that type of corner now that you're being spoken of or or getting paid in the same level or tier as these top corners.
1: How Fuller. Kyle Fuller is, and this is my honest evaluation of him, very good football player. He is a great number two corner. I would, I would venture to say he's on that third tier of corners. If you had a, a shutdown shutdown and Kyle Fuller's on the other side, you're in a great situation. A great situation. Yeah. But now because he, you're taking a great number two corner and making him your number one, there's
2: going to be times where he's exposed. Yeah, I, I I do think I do think everything he's saying is true. I just I wonder though, it's like because the pressure. So it, 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 I just feel like with Trubisky, maybe maybe we're not expecting more out of Trubisky like we should with Trubisky. Because I look at Fuller, and I understand you know he's been in the league for four years and he's getting paid, but everybody's probably dogging his man because he didn't catch that pass from Aaron Rodgers as they was playing Hot Potato, but like, Trubisky, I don't really see the the fallout that I think I think the media in Chicago is trying to play it up as, you know, give him time, let's see what he does, but I'm going to be honest with you, man, I was just looking at that game, and I cringe sometimes when I seen him make certain throws, and those guys were wide open, and he threw way over their head, like, I don't know, like, I get it that he's learning a new scheme and I I get it that, uh, you know, maybe the plays are are a little complex, so to speak. Uh, But man, I just, I worry about him, man. Like I'm not as confident and I I feel like maybe the pressure should be on him a little bit more to be better. You know, just the way how Cal Fuller, the the pressure is on him to step up his game. I think Trubisky got to step up his game, man. You got to hit social media, Calvin. If you hit Twitter.
1: Oh, oh, Uh, Mr. Trubisky's being wrecked over some coals. There's some people who are saying that uh, he's not the guy. And Frank Clark from the Seahawks said after playing against him, he said he was not impressed. He said Mitch Trubisky will be at best an average quarterback. So,
2: I think what if he he turns out to be Alex Smith?
0: I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm fine with that.
2: You talking about Kansas City, Alex Smith, or San Francisco, Alex Smith?
0: I'm talking about Alex Smith, Alex Smith. Well, Alex Smith is still who he is. Alex Smith, you know, obviously we – and this is something me and and just just watched not too long ago was – I didn't even – I almost forgot that he got drafted before Aaron Rodgers, but he was the first pick. And Alex Smith has always been what he's been. He's an accurate quarterback. He does not turn the ball over. If you put that in Trubisky – and he's actually able to be mobile. Alex Smith is a mobile quarterback. He can get out of the pocket and get yards whenever he needs to to scramble out of pressure and pick up a first down or whatever. If you put that on this team and he becomes something like Alex Smith or, or just like Alex Smith, with his defense, seeing as it's going to improve because of conditioning, because of experience, camaraderie, all of that, that's the making of a Super Bowl team. You look at that old Ravens team. I mean, Trent Dilfer was their quarterback. Trent Dilfer is, is, is nothing to write home about. But that defense was so cold with Ray Lewis and them boys. You just knew, okay, well, now they can carry the weight. Just like San Francisco 49ers almost took it all the way. You know, yeah, Colin Kaepernick was a to- talented quarterback, but you knew why they were there. They were there for their, because of their defense. So if this defense holds up the way it should, the way it's showing us in these la- last two weeks, then I'm fine with him being just as good as Alex Smith. Would I prefer it? No. We got him number two. I would prefer if the dude turned out to be the next Aaron Rodgers, the next Drew Brees, someone who can throw a pass precisely, is not afraid of the moment, can work under pressure, can just, you know, play football without thinking too much, going through his, his reads, and, and, and also being mobile at the same time, getting out of, getting out of pressure. I would prefer that but if i can get a competent quarterback and someone who does not turn the ball over like we saw with two interceptions last game even though they won that's something you cannot have no matter if it was tipped or he and and he almost got a third one because he just flung it into the end zone it was like two seahawks right there so i don't know who he was throwing it to but you can't do that because that reminds you of jay cutler just trying to force it into something so he has to work on that. If he can be Alex Smith, then yeah, I'm good.
1: I think if he's Alex Smith, if he gives you something comparable to Alex Smith, the Bears can be a, an annual contender annually in the playoffs, uh, maybe get to a Super Bowl here and there, uh, maybe one or two. But just like the 49ers did, as 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 Jordan pointed out, because the defense is, is set up to be so dominant for so long. I, I think that, that can be pulled off. and You could follow that, that 49er blueprint. I think the problem is, though, if you recall the 49er blueprint, they had that defense and they were constantly looking for the next quarterback. That's where you got Colin Kaepernick. Because they were constantly looking for that next thing to take them over the top. Because they knew Alex Smith could only take them so far. And I would hope Mitchell Trubisky, Ms. Trubisky, could be better than what Alex Smith gave to the 49ers and to the Chiefs. So give them a quarterback that can get them over the top. You're going to win games. You're going to win 10, 11 games every year with an Alex Smith. But are you going to win the Super Bowl? You may sneak in. You might upset a few teams here and there. But are you going to win the Super Bowl? And that's the type that's, of quarterback
2: you need. Yeah. That's what you need in this league. To me, in this league, you need a top-level quarterback to take you because you don't want to be so reliant on one side of the ball to carry you. I mean, you see Aaron Rodgers is great. He's the GOAT, but they never – they can't get to the Super Bowl sometime because they don't have a competent defense. I mean, I would just be watching the games, and honestly, as much as I hate the Packers, I'd be feeling bad for Aaron Rodgers, because this man is so great. He'll just be watching sometimes for the sideline and just throw his hands up in the air because they allow to the score, you know, because the defense aren't on his level. You know what I'm saying? So, and, I don't know. I I just uh, I, I feel like if he's Alex Smith, yeah, I, I'm fine with the fact that he can control the game and not make mistakes, but... Man, what if somebody go, gets hurt? Or what if somebody gets, goes down on that defense? You know, then where's, where's your quarterback at? We're basically saying we're hoping we have a healthy defense year in, year out in order to be competitive if he's going to be Alex Smith.
1: And the problem is is it, you, have a, you have a draft pick, and each draft pick should be taken on its own merit. Each individual player should be taken on their own merit. But that's just for some reason the court of public opinion, and in the media, that's not how it works. So now you have Trubisky, who the Bears traded up to number two to take, and you have two quarterbacks who were drafted below him, who right now are outperforming him. Oh. That's, a, it's, that's added pressure. Do you
0: see what Pat Mahomes is doing? Oh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Now you know I gotta chime in on that though, Chris. Let's let's be fair. And uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to be a homer to the to the to the the home team, but this is a point we always got to keep in mind. Pat Mahomes had a year in that system behind Alex Smith to learn that system, to learn the chief's offense. And then also keep in mind, he has the most fastest receiver in the game to run those routes. He has the best tight end in the game, in my opinion, because Ron Gronkowski is, yeah, he's here and there, you know, Kelsey is a little bit more consistent and a little bit better, in my opinion, now. Uh, you got Kareem Hunt. All of those options are technically better options even than what the Bears have now. Even with this revamped and new new, uh, tooled offense, those options are better on that team. And then let's just go back to college. Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech for three years. Trubisky played 13 games or 14 games in, at North Carolina. And so when you compare who he got drafted with, you got to also keep in mind, okay, it's not just the fact that he went number two and these guys went later with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun went to Clemson. Deshaun was already in the spotlight. He won the national championship. He's been through that pressure. He knows what to do. And then he's given DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and Lamar Miller like that first year so. You, you pair that up with the first year with Trubisky under Goofy John Fox and that r- uh, random crap offense. And, and I can't even remember the, the offensive coordinator's name every time I th- try to think of it. I don't know, uh, Goggins or whatever his name is. But they didn't have a good offense for him. And now he has to kind of relearn – this new and improved offense. So you got to give him time. It's just two games in. Yeah, we want to see, Bo- see more. We want to see more. We want to see where he's at. Perhaps he can break out and get like a 400 yard game with three, four touchdowns passing. Then I think we'll be a little bit more calmer, you know. But give him some time. Be patient, and I'm pretty sure he'll 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 show us something eventually.
1: I understand your point, but if you watch Mahomes. Uh, and to a lesser lesser extent, Deshaun, because Deshaun is, is almost as erratic. Mahomes isn't missing the throws that Trubisky's missing. That has nothing to do with being in an offense. A player wide open, 30 yards down the field, has nothing to do with your offense. You make the throw and you complete the pass. And if he was playing with these bums last year, and and by the admission of everyone who understands and knows the shape of a football the bears receivers were terrible last year the upgrade that he has this year he should have been he should have been overflowing with performance and production because by comparison this receiving core is is you know it's it's the the mid 80s giants it's the old school raiders com- compared to what he had last year so, he should be lighting it up. I mean, fortunately, he's, he's made a rapport with Allen Robinson, which I like to see. Uh, in tough situations, he knows where, that he can go to his go-to receiver. But Patrick Mahomes isn't missing the passes that Mitch is missing. And that may change over time. Mitch may become more accurate as his happy feet slow down, and he <laughs> gets more settled, and the, and the game slows down for him. But Mahomes, that game is already slow for
2: him. And he is – he's making – he's ridiculous. Yeah. I'll say this. I don't know if y'all heard this already – um, so I will say this. I'm like I said. I, I'm feeling iffy about Trubisky. I'm fifty-fifty on him because I do feel like you know there is potential, but like you was talking, Chris, like it's it's hard to overlook some of the the glaring mistakes that he's making because these are like bad throws that he's making, and I don't know if it's his mechanics or if his footing. But I'll say this. I, I heard this on ESPN, and you guys probably heard it already, but it's this quarterback, right? he was a rookie in 2001 in 2001 he played one game and then in 2002 he played the whole season his team finished eight and eight this he was 17 touchdowns 16 interceptions his second year his third year his team went two and nine he went two and nine as a quarterback and his he had 11 touchdowns 15 interceptions his fourth year His team went 11 and and 4. I mean, he went 11 and 4 as a quarterback, and he had 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Who was that quarterback?
0: Peyton Manning. Nope.
1: What year did it start?
2: uh, 2001.
1: So 17 years. That is
2: either Drew Brees or Ron Brady. Drew Brees. And there you go. Yeah, but, yeah, so if you think about it, man, I'm not saying he's Drew Brees, but I'm just saying Drew Brees had a tough go at it his second and third year. It's a possibility this man could turn it around. It's just, you know, I guess we got to see. Because I I just don't like the fact that we had to trade up to get him. And lo and behold, we could have got – we had – we had our pick of the pot. We could have picked any one of those three quarterbacks, and we traded up to get a quarterback that probably wasn't even going to go number two anyway. That's the part. I think that's where everybody's frustrated with Trubisky is that he's, it's not like he is uh, Russell Wilson who was drafted, what, in the third round or something like that, or Tom Brady who was drafted in the fourth round. Like this guy was the number two overall pick, and you gave up a pick, two picks in the pick for him.
1: Now, now, by my, my, I will admit myself. When that draft rolled around, I was not a big fan of Trubisky, and I was, I was like hands off of my homes. That's that's the way I felt because yeah. the whole Texas Tech thing and the history of Texas Tech quarterbacks and that air raid offense, I wanted no parts of that. But he was, he was a different breed of guy, and I didn't see it. My guy was Deshaun Watson. That's who I wanted. He was a winner. He knew how to make throws. He was a playmaker. But, you know, when when they drafted Trubisky, I thought the cost was a little steep. But I was okay with it. I was on board with it. And I'm still on board with it. Let's see what the guy does. Let's see if he continues to develop in this offense and makes it his own and makes the throws he needs to make. But I'm just saying, when you have Watson and you have Mahomes doing the things they're doing, it does increase the pressure. Trubisky has to be getting a little hot under the collar when he sees what his contemporaries are doing around
0: him. Yeah, it, it does make for a little bit of pressure when you're looking around and you see the same because you, you you if even if you're not trying to, you're always going to try and compare what you're doing to the people that you got drafted with. Same thing with any other sports, with NBA, with NFL, with NHL, you know, all sports. So I'm with you with that, but again, I still go back to you cannot underestimate just time and experience. Again, if any of us were to go into anything for two games and you're going into something brand new, you can't expect to be just picture perfect. You can't expect to just come out swinging and, and, and hitting on everything. So when it comes to quarterback, one of the hardest positions to play in sports, trying to analyze everything, you know, second by second on the field, going through your reads, you know, trying to manage your team. It takes time. And like Calvin mentioned before, this offense that we now have is complicated and Nagy is trying to bring them along. And, you know, Nagy even said, hey, this is going to take not weeks, not months. This is going to take a little bit of time. So even he has bought into the fact that Trubisky, from what he sees, has the talent. He wants to work with them. That's why they brought in Elfrich and all these other people who are offensive minded and creative. Because eventually you want to get to the point where, as Calvin mentioned, Drew Brees is. But as we see, Drew Brees took time to be Drew Brees. And I thought it was Peyton Madden because from what I heard, Peyton Madden didn't start off too hot either. So you got people who are elite talent, superstars, Hall of Famers eventually that have started off bad. So it's not about how you start is how you finish. We always hear that. So as long as he's constantly making progressions, and and making progress on on what he needs to work on, his pocket presence, stop getting happy feet, making sure he has accuracy with his throws, working under pressure, you know, finishing his throws. Those things get better, then we can see the fruits of the labor.
1: I'm with you on this. I say let's wait for Trubisky, but all I'm saying is the pressure's on. Real quick, fellas. Uh, We know Monday Night Football was on the worldwide leader, and they made a bit of a hiccup, in my opinion, this week, and it became a, a bit of a news story over the next couple of days after that. Yeah. Erlac was enshrined at Soldier Field in, in the and the Soldier Field Chicago Bears Hall of Fame. He was given his Hall of Fame ring. It was a huge halftime ceremony. And we were allowed here in the Chicago area and nationwide to watch a pre-recorded video out in front of Soldier Field of uh, some skateboard band that no one 's ever heard of, nor will hear of again, what are your thoughts was that, was that a was that a bit of
2: an error on the worldwide leader it's disrespectful <laughs> Dis- disrespectful you got i mean honestly what bears player in the last i don 't know thirty years going back to going back to sweetness, what player rings in your mind when you think bears Urlacher. The fact that this man is not even shown at half, nobody give a crap about Daft Punk, whatever group was playing. I don't even know who's playing, man. You know, no disrespect to Daft Punk. I like Daft Punk. But, I mean, like, I don't know who that is. You know what I'm saying? And we got Erlacher being enshrined. You mean to tell me he's not being shown on a Monday night while the Bears are playing at the same time? I got a problem with that.
0: The funny thing about that is it wasn't even Daft Punk. I would have respected that more. It was some random – I don't even know what the name, Cubs or whoever it was featuring Cubs. <laughs> it was some random band. I didn't even watch it, but they 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 dropped the ball on that map.
1: Yeah, and, and my thing is I felt that there may have been a slight bias. I, thought, I think if that would have been Ray Lewis, they would have shown it. I think there are certain players that that would have been them. They would have shown it, and I think there's a, a certain level, like like Calvin said, of disrespect mm-hmm. for Brian Urlacher. If we ever get our own uh, television network, mm-hmm. we're putting Hall of Fame ceremonies at halftime on our TV network. You can book it. <laughs> Stayhouse Network. We promise. I like them. We promise halftime enshrinements. Book it. Stn. Bucket Book it. bucket Book it. Jordan brought up a name earlier, and um <laughs> anyone that knows me knows that this individual uh, of the in the last four or five years has irritated me a great deal more than many other athletes that's <laughs> Jimmy Butler
0: get buckets, bucket,
1: yeah, whatever,
0: <laughs> get on nerves, get these
2: so Jimmy
1: Butler. Jimmy Butler outside of uh, disrespecting his supposedly close friend's wife in the last month and then (laughs) then verbally announcing that uh, he really doesn't like Kat and Andrew Wiggins and then saying uh, the exact time and place he's meeting Tom Thibodeau and then letting it leak that he wants out of Minnesota. Okay. We can kind of understand that. Maybe it's not a high-profile place. You don't think you can win. Even if it was, I don't like Cat and Wiggins. Fine. Okay. Whatever. But when you release a list of teams that include the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Los Angeles Clippers as your preferred destinations. And I know why, Jimmy, you want to go to these places. I know why. Of yeah, we know why. Yeah. Jimmy wants to play with Kyrie or Kawhi. He wants another star. But the problem with this is this, and and we've we've discussed this in and in, in chats and conversations. Jimmy Butler. All due respect to you to Jimmy Butler and and understanding that his whole persona, his whole career has been based on hard work and making himself the basketball player that we see before our eyes today. And I respect that. I respect hard work just as much as the next man. But you can't get mad at guys because things come a little easier because it didn't come easier for you. And I think Jimmy has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Big chip. Because when when Andrew Wiggins shows you that basketball is a little easier for him, Carl Anthony Towns shows you that basketball is a little easier for him. And they may yeah. not work as hard as you to be as good or better than you. I think that bothers Jimmy Butler. So he yeah. wants, he wants to play with uh, some other guy that is is for sure either better than him or just as uh try hard grindy as he is.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you on that. I I don't think he likes the work work ethic because he can see the talent oozing out of Cat. He can see the talent oozing out of Wiggins. Wiggins has been, like, sleepwalking in in his career, in in my opinion, you know, now. I I thought he would have been perhaps a little bit better than what he is. Not saying that he's he's average, but he's definitely above average. I I just think that with the talent you have, you're supposed to try and – Elevate your game or add something to your game year upon year upon year. Usually by year three, a lot of guys in the league get it. If they're going to be anything, usually by year three or four, if they're acclimated into that team's chemistry and culture and, and, and what they're about, they usually get to where they're going to be. You know, they turn into superstars or all-stars or whatever. Uh, Andrew has not done that. And whether it be because they have so much talent on that team that it's just kind of like a share the ball type of thing, because even you saw Zach Levine, when he was there, he was the third option. He even averaged 19, you know, 20 points a game. So he wanted to leave and make his own name. But Cat, Cat, to me, man, he, he grinds my gears, dude, to the, to the hardest core. I, I can't stand just the amount of skill he has. And he just looks like he's just like, uh, you know, I don't care. I'm going to just put this ball in the hoop and I'm, I'm not going to play defense. And I don't think Thibodeau likes that. I don't think Jimmy came in liking that and never did like that. You want somebody who's trying hard, like you said, is on the same level, if not better, than Jimmy. And, you know, I don't blame him for having that mindset. You want people on your team to have that mindset of, hey, work as hard as possible. No matter if you're extremely talented, extremely athletic, or you're limited, No matter what, you work to where you want to get to. Work to help out the team. But when you don't do that, then it doesn't work out. Yeah, I I feel like
2: at the end of the day, though, with Jimmy Butler, man, you you look at those teams he named, and all of them have one thing in common. Actually, they have a couple of things in common. Obviously, location, right? We know New York and Los Angeles are the only two cities that he named. So location, location, location. Sure, I get that. And, you know, you know, Chicago is a location. He didn't name it, but fine. Also, the idea of maybe teaming up with Kyrie, but I really think Jimmy Butler, in his hardest hearts, he just can not stand to not be the man. He knows at the end of the day, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be better than him, which means he's going to have to submit or step to the side to be second fiddle. That's also the reason why he didn't name the Lakers, because he knows he's guaranteed second fiddle to LeBron. So he's not really interested in winning, because if he was interested in winning right now, he wouldn't have named those teams. Neither one of them are in position to win anything. If he goes to New York, what, what are they going to do? Brooklyn, we that's a... <laughs> <the> club, <laughs> no. the club, like, none of those teams... Scare me into thinking if they get Jimmy Butler, man, they're gonna be a top five team. They won't even make the playoffs. Neither one of those teams, even in a weak Eastern Conference, Brooklyn wouldn't make the playoffs, or or the Knicks. And that's where it's like Jimmy. He, I think, he just wants to be the man, and that's the problem. It, I was reading on something on Bleach Report. It was talking about like the top notable notable big men in a league, and uh, it named Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joel Embiid, Chris Stops, Blake Griffin, and Carl Anthony Towns. And this is from 2017-2018 on usage rate. All of these players are 28% or more in usage rate. Why is Carl Anthony Towns at 22%? And then it says in the clutch, a clutch usage rate, all these players are over 29% in clutch usage rate. Carl Anthony Towns is at 15% because he not getting the ball. And, yeah. and it's like I get that Cat is somewhat underwhelming for his talent and he should be better. But, man, you got to admit, and Jordan, you a shooter, so you know this, right? If you out on that court and you not getting the ball, you might check out on defense and you know you good, you know you probably the best player and most nights, nice Jordan, you're the best shooter on the floor. If they not pass you the ball, don't you check out just a little bit.
0: Man, I try hard not to, but, yeah, it does kind of fizzle my, my energy out, man, because I just want, even if I'm not getting the ball all the time, if I'm open, that's when I'm really kind of, because I'm like, dude, just play the game right. I don't mind not taking shots. I don't have to always take the shot. But if I'm open, give me the ball. And yeah, it's going to translate into my effort on the other end, you know. And I'm working on that personally, but this is not about me, you know. We talking about Jimmy B. Jimmy B. <laughs> and that's man, that's that's the problem with Jimmy B. Is that you know,
2: even when he was with the Bulls, I never seen him as a as a team player. I never really seen him as somebody that I, I you know wants to share the spotlight. He wants to take it, and it's like think about those big men I just named. All of those guys, all eight of them. All seven of them average 20 points a game. So, Caddys is averaging 20 points a game, and yet in the clutch, he's only getting 15.1 usage from the clutch. Makes no sense.
1: Because they go ISO Jimmy. ISO and, Jimmy. Yep. And that that's what, what you hit on the head, what I was getting at, too. Yeah, Jordan, I understand he may want his team to be better, but this was never about team for Jimmy Butler. This is all about Jimmy Butler. This is why you always hear the same old story, the underdog story of the kid from Tondo, Texas, who made himself into an all-star. You always hear the story because this is all about the Hollywood story of Jimmy Butler. And in order for this Hollywood story to play out, I can't pass the ball to Carl Anthony Towns. I can't leave my destiny in the hands of Carl Anthony Towns. So what does Cat do? Cat's going to... and and honestly, it's partly Cat's fault, but Cat's going to drift out to the three-point line. Cat's not going to put the full effort. And then you have Andrew Wiggins, who where this guy comes in and everything on offense that he wants to do, Jimmy's standing there. Every spot that Wiggins operates well from, Jimmy's there because that's where Jimmy operates from. Yep. And he's not sharing the ball and he's not trying to make the team better, he's trying to make Jimmy look good, then you're going to get frustrated too.
2: Did you see on Twitter, um, uh, what's his name, Andrew Wiggins, his brother, When it, uh, in the report it said that uh, Jimmy Butler requested a trade to three teams. He put hallelujah with his hands up. <laughs> so it's like, obviously, this is like him talking for his brother, you know, and he wouldn't say that it if Andrew Wiggins wasn't already feeling that. Um, And see, I'm not totally sure about that.
1: That man has a mind of his own. He could be saying, this is good for my brother and just posted that.
2: Wiggins may not have even known that's what happened. Could be. But I mean, you know, I mean, think about when Reggie Rose was saying all the stuff that Reggie was saying, didn't you not feel like part of that was Derek too? That's a different story altogether, bro. Possibly. But, I mean, yeah, they're different in the sense where Reggie controlled everything, but, I mean, a lot of times these players, you know, they talk to their family, and they, they frustrated, and, you know, he probably lashed out with his brothers. They probably hang out all the time, and he probably like, man, this Jimmy, man, like, like you said, everywhere I go, my spots I like to be at is Jimmy. You know, when I'm doing my thing and I'm running the court, Jimmy just standing in the corner. He don't cut and go to the basket when I got the ball, but he wants me to cut. He want to yell at me in practice, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm putting in what I'm supposed to do, but I'm supposed to be... I'm a number one overall draft pick, and I'm the third fiddle on this team. I make the most money on this team, so how are you going to tell me what to do? You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's Wiggins talking, but I'm sure Wiggins got some frustration with Jimmy, too, because And the report, I know in the report is talking about Carl Anthony the most, but It it was saying that Jimmy was frustrated with the players and specifically those two guys, you know. But, I mean, I respect Jimmy's hard work and his ethic and everything like that. I just feel like, man, like, you're going to have this problem no matter where you go because you're not playing with somebody that wants to kill themselves the way you want to kill yourself. And
1: then, too, this doesn't fit Jimmy's agenda. See, here's the thing. The Minnesota Timberwolves did not succeed. They didn't win the championship, and Jimmy wanted to be the leader of that team. So if they fail, if they fall short, somebody has to go under the bus and not name Jimmy Butler. So when they fall short in the playoffs, what happens? Well, you know, we got guys, they, they don't – they're not putting in the work. Cats not putting yeah. in the work. We ain't putting in the work. If they did put in the work, would you pass them the ball, Jimmy? Or will we still run ISO Jimmy? off the upper right elbow and have to watch you dribble the ball for nineteen seconds and try to get the the most struggling, toughest basket that the world has ever seen because of your limited offensive repertoire. You wanna know how I know yep. that's gonna happen? Because we watched it here for several years in Chicago. And when he had when he had the chance to seize control from Derek, he did it. And he threw Derek under the bus because then reports started coming out, well, Derek ain't working hard. And it just replayed itself in Minnesota. And when he goes to the Clippers, when he goes to the Nets, when he goes to the Knicks and something doesn't go right and it doesn't go the way where Jimmy looks good, he's going to come back with the same underdog story. I'm just a kid from Tomball, Texas, who worked hard to become an NBA All-Star. Nobody else on this team works as hard as I do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what it is. It's it's probably just his agenda is what he wants. And, you know, if you don't fit the mold of the player that he thinks you should be, he he won't pass you the ball. He'll throw you under the bus. And as Derrick Rose, how it feels. And that's another thing. I
1: think Tibbs bringing Derrick Rose on, that's sour, Jimmy, too. Oh, Yeah. I think he thought he escaped him. I think he thought he escaped him. (laughs) (sighs) Oh man, yeah. Now, now there's talk that Derek might start this coming season. Oh yeah, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm loving that. He he he's going back to uh, thinking that uh, he might get back on the bench like in the old Bulls days, where he got to work for his minutes again, because that whole team is coming back together. Next thing you know, Joaquin Noah gonna be over there. Wait, so they said that he might start.
1: It yeah. that Derek may start. And Tibbs already it's- said Noah isn't coming. <laughs> I know I'm but, just talking, but I mean, over the years I've, I've I've tempered my love for Tibbs because I see what he does, and he's he's stuck in a in a revolving door of basketball time and trying to do the same things over and over again, and they're not working. But I think we're making too much of the Dang signing. I think Dang was just brought in. The same way that KG – he just brought in as a veteran presence, a mentor. The same way KG hovered around the Timberwolves for the last two years of his career is the reason that Lewald Dang is there. He's just going to help – he's going to be an assistant coach on the bench, try to get through to the players and tell them what, what I want from my team. Maybe he can get through to Wiggins. Maybe he can get through to a couple of the guys. Maybe he can make Dare feel a little more comfortable. And it's, it's at a low, low rate, and I'm only – I'm only using eight guys anyway, so he's just going to hold a spot on the bench. And that's and that's all Luol Deng is. Let's not make too much out of this. I don't see Luol Deng getting any substantial minutes because his body just can't take it.
2: No, it's low risk. It's low risk, so, I mean, there's no real reward but low risk. So, at the end of the day, he, he's not killing your pocketbooks, so – I mean, I'm fine with Dang. If they had a sign, of Joe Kim Noah, then I would have been like, "Okay, he really is trying to bring the Bulls back." I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> he really is trying to bring the Bulls back. But I mean, Lou Dang. That's 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 fine. That's not a bad sign.
1: Joe Noah is not coming back. I'm of the firm belief he would have a hard time passing a drug test. Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah, that dude's bleeding THQ right now. <laughs>
0: I'm bleeding Jamaican <It's> juice. <laughs>
1: Oh jokey. But I've had enough of talking about Jimmy Butler. Yes, please. Let's move on to the unofficial highlight
0: of this oh, podcast. Yes. I can smell it coming. Yes, Lord.
1: I haven't had any feedback on this. No one's helping out, so we're gonna default to the name. And I don't hate it. I just was looking for something better. But I guess it's a good enough name. The Grub Report. I like it. let's do it. So we'll default to Calvin. He is our guest. Calvin, do you have a eatery or a a food spot that you'd like to share with the Steyos family that we can take in? All
2: right. So check this out, right? This spot has become a favorite of mine. Uh, I recently went here last week, and uh, I felt like I needed to have a cleanse, a colon cleanse. But this place has become my favorite restaurant. It is called Foco de Chao. Proceed. Just, just let that sink in for a second. You know, I'm not Aren't sure. If, yes, if, I'm not sure if you've ever been here before. If you haven't, I'm, I'm gonna break it down to you like this. All right, so check this out. It's relatively easy to get a seat and poke with a child, too, by the way. If you go in there just walking in on a Saturday night and say, I want a table for two, you may wait 15 minutes, you know, which ain't bad for a high end quality downtown restaurant. Right. All right. So you go in and, you know, you sit down and the waiter asks you, have you ever been here before? And, of course, you know, if you've never been, you say no. And I say, okay, let me explain the menu. They explain the menu. Then they say, however, majority of our clients go for the experience. I forgot the name of the experience. It's something experience. But he says, you know, the experience. So you like, okay, sounds good. Why not? Unlimited everything, right? Sure. All right. So I'll take your drink order, and you guys can go ahead, and go to the salad bar, get what you want. <laughs> So you get up, you go to the salad bar, and you literally get what you want, buffet style. Whatever you want on the salad bar. Really nice salad bar. They even got, like, salmon that's cold, whatever. All right, so you get your salad. You sit down at your table. They give you this card. It's like a round circular card, almost like something you place your cold glass of water on. You flip. The card has a red and a green side. Once you flip the card from red to green, these beautiful men come walking past. (laughs) <laughs> with these long, with these long skewers that are like maybe three feet, three or four feet long, and on these skewers are these delicious, delectable meats. So one guy comes by and he says, "I have uh, this pot roast. Um, it is made from blah blah blah." Uh, how would you like it? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, sure, medium, please. Here you go. He turns it around to the medium and slices it down, and it's juicy tender meat is on your plate. Then another guy comes right after he walks away. Another guy comes right behind him and says, "This is the filet mignon. How would you like to cook, my friend?" And you like, oh, filet mignon. He said, like, "Yes, filet mignon. It is the best." He goes, <laughs> "It's the best? No, 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 no." It is the best. And I say, oh, I want a medium. So he cuts, he turns it around, and it just falls like butter on your plate. So you get this strip of filet mignon. He walks away. And then this other guy comes right after him, like, like literally within two seconds. Hello, my friend. This is the chicken wrapped in bacon. Would you like? And I say, yes. And he says, okay, how many? I said, I have a choice. He says, you have a choice. So he takes it, slides it off the skewer and says, pick it up with your tongue. And I said, I'll use my tongue, not my tongue tongue, but the tongues. And so I grab my tongues and I put it on my plate. So now I have filet mignon, pot roast, and chicken wrapped in bacon. And then another guy comes by and he says, "These are short ribs made from Brazil. These are the best too." I said, "How did you know?" He said that. He said, "We all say it is the best." And I said, (laughs) "Everything is the best." So he slices and dices. By the time you look up, I got short ribs and and filet mignon. Chicken wrapped and bacon and uh, 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 pork chops, thick, juicy pork chops and every single type of quality meat from the steak and chicken in the pig family you could think of is on your plate, bro. And you just smashing and dash, smashing and smashing. And then you flip your card over because you just, I can't take no more. So you eat your food and then you get curious. You're like, let me flip back over. Boom. Here I am. It is the best. You want some more? And I
0: said, yes. (laughs) Fuck with a child. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) I'm sorry, Chris. Wait after all that excitement and yelling you ended off by saying focal the child so normally like you did just get through explaining that extravagant story in that voice
2: yes you have to understand focal the child has the greatest meats and they even tell you when they walk past no 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 this this is the best okay and, i have been
0: they laugh
2: they never it, lied to me. They they were right.
0: It's the best. It, it is. It is. It is. I have to second that. It is the best, Chris. And if if anybody who is listening has never been to the Chow, I'm sorry. I got to compose myself. This dude is a storyteller. It is the best, or the best, and the, the me, supreme. Yeah, the the, the best. best. Okay, fine. Uh, the, it is supreme quality. You will not not be disappointed.
1: I, it's working.
0: I'm,
1: it. I'm entertained, amused, and <laughs> interested and violated. All in one store. You're
2: welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is I, only I, it, is, it only hit you for about 50 bucks. For 50 bucks, all you can eat unlimited high quality meat and they give you unlimited ma- this delicious mashed potatoes that they have there and the all type of Brazilian desserts and, and bread and all that stuff and you get unlimited salad bar. I'm telling you you are like stuffed to no end with meat between your teeth. <sighs>
1: um, and where can we find this restaurant with these beautiful men showing you their juicy meat telling you
2: it's the best? <laughs> <laughs> and are walking past swinging they meet on these skewers and i'm gonna oh, tell you nice they the-
0: hey hey hey
2: <laughs> you asked i tell you you can go to rosemont or you can go downtown chicago on la street baby either one you go to they will take care of you and their meats are the best
0: i feel like we have to censor this podcast this is the first time we have to use censorship on this podcast Oh no, I'm not censoring a thing. Food. I was talking about food. You got men coming up in a birthday suits. Hey, hey. So, whew,
1: um, Jordan, <laughs> calm down, Chris. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm calm. That was, it was just, it was, that was quite the story. Yes, Jordan. You,
0: yes, what sir. What do you have for us? Well, I cannot talk like this about this restaurant that I'm going to say because it is not one of the best, but it is (laughs) the local restaurant that I've been to recently. Unfortunately, I don't have $50 to spend on a very quality (laughs) upper-scale restaurant. So the restaurant that I am going to talk about is called Le Dixie Kitchen. Uh Dixie Kitchen has just moved their uh, establishment down a few blocks further south, which is actually a little bit closer to me and Calvin. It's literally right around the corner from the both of us. And uh, we actually went together with my wife and ordered food from there. And we pretty much got like a smorgasbord of food. Like we pigged out. We got stuff from blackened chicken to jerk chicken to to crawfish etouffee, macaroni and cheese baked, uh greens, mashed potatoes, red beans and rice, the 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 the, the pancakes that they give you. I forgot what they call oh, it, they, do, they they, they they're not pancakes, but they're made they they look like sweet water cornbread or something like it that. They taste like sweet cornbread. cornbread. Oh my God. cornbread. It's not water cornbread. Yes the butter that they give you to spread on these delightful paradisaic creatures is nothing more than perfect. The cream is sweet. Sweet buttercream on these sweet buttery pancakes. You will not be disappointed. And then I recently went back there. I had to go back. I must. And everybody should go. Because I also now got an experience of the Southwestern Platter. It is a sampler on mm. their menu. And it is very good. as catfish strips. You have more mm. fried green tomatoes. Please do not hesitate to get the fried green tomatoes from Dixie Kitchen. It is just a a, a, a really good down South Southern experience in your mouth. Delicacy. Oh, delicacy, yes. Now, it is not the best like Fogo de Chao. But I don't know delicious. And that is all I have. Dixie.
2: King. <laughs> Are you guys done? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, we're done. Mercy. So, oh, mercy. now that's, now.
1: Stretch. A little, a baby.
2: Yeah. It, huh? <laughs> I'm going to go to Fogo DiCiao and say that. Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, how far do you want to stretch it? <laughs> Y'all are funny. Try not to censor it. So
1: <laughs> the Dixie Kitchen, right? So this um is this a remodel and they moved it down or is this an additional location
0: to the one they already had? No, they re- the other one is completely closed.
1: So where is this one located? What what area?
2: Give, give me a torrent. Time. It's yeah. uh basically a hundred and eighty first in torrents. Okay.
0: okay. I will give the exact coordinates in a second unless Calvin can find it first too. That's fine. roundabout is fine. Roundabout. Uh, no, let's not let's not hold on. Don't say roundabout, because there's another restaurant <laughs> right <laughs> or right around called round the clock. Don't nobody go to round the clock restaurant. Please. No <laughs> Matter of fact, that, that needs to be another part of, the, part of the grub report and then the dub report, the dud report, because that that is the first restaurant I'm putting up for, for sale. Hey, man, listen, <laughs> it's not
2: that bad. I mean, honestly, they got decent breakfast. Jordan calls them round and stinky. I think I think they're decent. I mean, it,
0: it's not that bad. You know, okay. give it. They're oh, man,
2: semi-franchise, look. so
1: are all of them bad, or is it just that location?
0: No, it's that location. I'm not going to speak for all the other ones I have not been to. I will not be that crazy about it. But that location, please refrain from going there. Round the clock restaurant. You have a restaurant that is open 24 hours, so you would think they have all of the things that they need. So when you go there in the morning for breakfast food, you would think they're stocked to the to the ceiling with all the things they need, right? So I ordered a chicken panini. And guess what they are out of? How <laughs> <Out> are <of bread. laughs> oh, you out of bread in your breakfast restaurant?
1: They were out of panini bread. <laughs> so no, two, no thing, two things are wrong here. They should not be out of bread. No restaurant should run out of bread. But also, also, no one should order a panini for breakfast. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know what? Sue me. That's what I wanted because that's what I saw on the menu, and it looked extremely good with the melted cheese in the middle and the tomato paste and the chicken. So I was, I was, I was drugged <laughs> into wanting to get that. And when he told me, "Sir, I'm sorry, we are out of bread right now," I wanted to leave. <laughs> uh, they got good pancakes, though. They're really good pancakes. <laughs> For that, I won't be mean, they do have good pancakes That's not very difficult So You'd <laughs> be surprised
1: I mean, it's not McDonald's McDonald's pancakes are well, well, That's another podcast oh so, Now it's my turn Alright oh, yeah. Give us something good I don't have a great story But I have well, great give prices a, give,
0: a, give us one The best in your so, story
1: No, I don't have a. don't have a great story. I have great prices. In fact, I've been thinking all week, right, about featuring this restaurant on the legendary Stay Eyes podcast in our grub report. Okay, right. So what's happened during the course of this week is several of our friends have now located this spot that I was going to just reveal as this secret great spot. Several of our friends have gone there and they're now like going to be regulars there. So some of the shimmer is taken off of this, but I'm still going to drop it on everybody. It's called Fuerte. Are you guys familiar with Fuerte?
0: Fuerte. Uh, Is it located on Indianapolis Boulevard? Yes. Is that where the dollar tacos are? Yes. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes!
0: Okay,
1: all right, all right. Not only are these tacos a dollar... They're great. Yes. They are delicious. They are. If you had to pay two dollars for these tacos, you would be satisfied. That's how good they are. They're two dollar quality and one dollar tacos. So I recommend either. So you get double the value. Absolutely. If 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 not more. I recommend fuerte. If you happen to be in the Hammond area on Indianapolis Boulevard, stop on in. It's a little hole in the wall. But it's hard to miss. They have a big sign, and it's a big sign that says a dollar. It is the best of the dollar tacos that I have experienced thus far.
2: And it's on Indianapolis and what and what cross street?
1: Just drive down Indianapolis once you get into Hammond. So you're gonna take ninety-four to Indianapolis, you're gonna go north, and you'll see it. It's on the uh going north, it's on the right hand side of the street. It's called Fuerte.
0: If you don't go anytime soon, Calvin, we'll go. Because uh Man, hey, to all you brothers balling on a budget right now like me, I forgot all about that place, Dollar Tacos, brother. You can get seven dollars worth of uh, uh, seven tacos for seven ten. I think it's like ten cents in tax, and you can eat like a king.
1: Yeah, I got, uh, we got I, go got, go. I got five a week ago, and I was stuffed.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta activate Broke Brothers Unite then, man. Broke Brothers Unite and go there going right you can thank me later you can thank me now
1: thank you yes, now. Ma'am. thank me later thank thank i like I'm just, I'm just okay thank me. well we'll speak for calvin calvin had to leave this will be the end of the legendary Stayouts podcast we can be reached on social media at Staios Podcast. Both Instagram and Twitter. Tweet us. Hit us on Instagram. Follow us. Uh, we're taking on almost all followers. I do not want to be... We do not want to be followed by people who promise to get us 150,000 followers or oh, $3,000. No. No. We don't want those followers. Because, I mean, we want organic followers of the Staios Podcast. We don't want any makeshift you know, we're here to hack your life type following on the Stay us Podcast. But yeah, follow Not us. Instagram, Twitter, at Stay us Podcast. We had a good show. We brought Calvin back. We'll see if we can find him and locate him in the coming weeks. Speaking <laughs> for Calvin, he said peace out. I've been Chris. We've been with Jordan. It's been great, y'all. Been a blast,
0: man. See you next week, brother worth it. let